Well, thank you, Candice, for that introduction. And uh, it's great to be here with you guys this morning. And uh, I just need to get myself set up. Uh, you guys have probably seen this box. Today is the day, November 28th, so we get to open that up during the service this morning. I want to thank the worship team uh, for leading us this morning. And uh, what a privilege it is just to be able to unify our voices in song together and and praise God uh, together this morning. And so thank you, team, for doing that this morning. Thank you, Corey, for reading this morning the, uh, the Advent readings and lighting the candle. And, uh, you know, there's just a, a, the beautiful words that were read this morning. And uh, I was privileged to have those words earlier this week, and uh, Darren had shared them with me. And, and uh, I thought, you know what, why don't we talk a little bit about some of those words this morning in our message? So I'm going to do that add a few little things here and there, but it's just a, a beautiful season, a beginning for all of us uh, this Advent season as we build up to that Christmas day, to Christmas Eve. And uh, so I, I have to ask myself some questions when we begin to uh, celebrate Advent. Maybe you're here today and this is your first time in church and you go, Advent? What is this Advent that these guys are talking about? And why do we celebrate Advent? Well, the, the word Advent means coming. And we can apply this, I think, in a couple of different ways this morning. And I want to try and do that for you. Right? So Advent for us today reminds us of Jesus' first coming. And it prompts us to look forward to his second coming. You already heard those words this morning. But I thought it would be important for us to kind of take a look at the historical perspective of this coming. I want you to put yourselves in the shoes of the people of Israel in the Old Testament times. And if you go right to the end of the, uh, the Old Testament in the book of Malachi, Malachi speaks about this faithful remnant, this group of people who for, for generations, for centuries, have held on to the promises of God that a Savior would come to save them. And for generations, these people continue to wait in hope, in prayerful expectation for the coming of a Messiah. They look back to God's gracious actions on their behalf in leading them out of Egypt through the Exodus. And based on that incredible experience, they continued to call upon the Lord for the Savior to come. In much the same way as we celebrate Advent, we look back at this act of grace and mercy that God has provided for all of His people. During Advent, we look back to that day when Christ came as a little baby on Christmas in celebration, not just for His birth, but for what He accomplished through His life, through His death, and through His resurrection. We celebrate these things as we look forward in eager anticipation to the coming of Christ's kingdom when He has promised again that He will return for His people. I was reading an article and I, I, I tried to track back and I couldn't find the author's name, so this is an unknown 
um, author at this point, but it was, a, it was an article from Christianity Today. And it says, the promise for Israel and the promise for the church is Jesus Christ. He has come and he will come again. This is the essence of Advent, that he will come again. Today, as the candle was lit and the scripture was being read, the theme of hope and the songs that we've sung this morning already, they came through in all of these words, this theme of hope. And that is what our message is about today. So what are some of the things that come to your mind this morning when you think about the word hope? What does that mean for you this morning? Well, I think we hope for a lot of things in our lives, don't we? In the face of many difficult situations today happening around us, I do believe that hope is something that is in a lot of people's minds. We hope that these rainstorms will hold at bay so that our province can recover from the devastation of the flooding that is happening. We hope that in this pandemic era we are in will end and life can return to some resemblance of normal. So maybe for some of you who are younger, you're hoping that you get to have some snow days from school this year. Right? Maybe you're here this morning hoping that my message isn't going to be very long so that you can get home and you can have lunch and maybe watch the game this afternoon. These are all things sometimes that we hope for. But the hope that we're talking about today, the anticipation that we're talking about today is so much greater than those things. You know, it was, it was beautifully read this morning, and I'm going to read this again, that 800 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah predicted he, so the Messiah, our Lord and Savior, would come and bring hope to this world. Well, I love how Isaiah writes these words that were read from Isaiah 11, verse 10. It says, In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. And you know, the Lord works in amazing ways sometimes, and as I was reading this verse, I got, I got hung up on the word banner. And for some crazy reason, it reminded me of a day many years ago that my dad bought our family our first computer. Well, along with this computer came a state-of-the-art dot matrix printer. Some of you probably remember those. In fact, this was so state-of-the-art, it was four colors. You know what? There's more. Do you remember those boxes of paper that you used to get with the perforated edges? And they were just long reams and you could just keep going. Well, to make a long story short, I burned through a lot of color ribbon and a lot of paper making banners. I was kind of a creative kid. I loved art. And so I made banners all the time. If there was a celebration, I'd get to that computer and we'd, I'd make a banner for it. It was a great, I loved it. 
And so as I thought about this word banner, this story came to mind, and it'll make a little bit more sense. I'm going to tie that in. I just had to share that with you because God works in some amazing ways. When we look at this verse from Isaiah 11, verse 10, you know, it's taken right, almost right from the middle of chapter 11, where there's a heavy emphasis or a description of what we may call the ideal king or the coming and the coming of the God's kingdom in place of what basically man had built. And Isaiah uses a, a bunch of symbolic language in this chapter and in this verse and the surrounding verses to tell people about what is to come. And if you kind of pull back to the beginning of chapter 11, it reads these words. He says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. And let me just pause there just for a sec. There's a couple more verses there. But look at the word branch. It's capitalized. The capital B. It's a name. It's a, it's a significant piece to this verse. That branch as we know, is Jesus. He's talking about, he's prophesying. Isaiah's talking about Jesus, the Messiah coming. It says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. So if we look at these verses, what hope do we find in these Old Testament words this morning. Well, for the Israelite people, the heir who is Christ, God and Himself, is their banner. This is a reminder of His incredible power of protection and defense of His people. God is their confidence in life. He's their rallying point. And they are identified with him under that banner of his name. So when we talk about the banner of salvation that is shown to all the world, we again have this confidence, this assurance that God's salvation is for everyone. The heir to David's throne, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is the hope for all the world to see and to experience. And that hope is filled with wisdom, understanding, counsel, and might. And this leads us into one of the other verses that was read this morning. And you'll see it up on the slides there, Romans 15, verse 13. And this isn't going to be the last time you're going to hear this verse this morning. You're going to hear it a couple more times. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you have your Bibles with you this morning and, and you turn to Romans chapter 15, verse 13, you will notice that Paul writes these words right after quoting directly from Isaiah this morning, from, this, from the verses that we read, chapters 11, verse 10. He actually uses this, and this, so there's no accident that those two verses were put together for our reading this morning. So to bring this into context a little bit, Paul is writing to the Roman church to encourage all these people, both Jew and Gentile, to be unified in Christ. He instructs the readers 
on how to restore and build their relationships with God. And here in chapter 15, verse 13, his encouragement for the people and for us comes by way of prayer, a prayer that he has for us. But I want you to notice for a moment the source of the hope that we are called to. God himself is that source of hope. As we trust in him, we will be filled with joy and peace. In fact, we will be so full, we'll be overflowing with this confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And while Paul, well, sorry, Paul describes for us in Romans chapter 15 this source of our hope, I just want to take us for a moment over to Peter, one of Peter's epistles, his first one. I want to take you there because it describes the character of the hope that we are have to have. First Peter Verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. I want you to remember that. Living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Now, the first epistle of Peter has actually been called the epistle of living hope. That's one of the, the, the terms that has been given to it. And it presents to its audience the hope of the believer in the midst of a world that is hostile. Now, the two New Testament words for hope both have to do with trust and confidence. They define the expectation of what is to come the active, faith-filled waiting for God to fulfill what He started through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So our verse in 1 Peter this morning describes our hope as living. And depending on your translation of your Bible, if you have it with you this morning, or you're going to go home and maybe look this verse up, it might also be interpreted as great expectation and which speaks more closely to maybe what we had as an Old Testament de definition. So what is this living hope then that Peter describes for us? Well, as I think about this living hope and what Peter has to say, it also maybe it calls to attention for me that there, if there's a living hope, there's also, I believe, a hope that is dead. There's an opposite. Peter wrote this letter... 30 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus as an encouragement to the Christians who lived in a time when the world around them put their hope in exactly the wrong place. They put it in the world itself. The hope that is placed in the world of things is a desire for some future thing that is uncertain. And Peter reminds us that the hope that we have in Christ for salvation through his death and his resurrection, is far from uncertain. Peter reminds us that the hope we have in Christ for salvation through his death and resurrection is far from uncertain. First, in, in, in the beginning of Peter's letter in chapter 1, verses 13, he says, 
with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. And remember, Peter wrote this after Jesus' death and resurrection. So he's talking about his second coming. Talking about the hope of his second coming. Looking forward again. For Peter and other New Testament writers, the coming of Christ for this completion of our salvation, it is a matter of complete confidence. As, as believers having experienced new life, uncertainty is replaced by the assurance and the promise of an inheritance that can never perish, can never spoil or fade. It is kept in heaven for us. A living hope is a hope that has the power to change lives. The power of the Holy Spirit given to us through the death and the resurrection of Jesus is what Peter is describing here. And there is this chain reaction events that are critical in abiding in the living hope, the salvation that comes from God. Because of His incredible mercy, He, God, has given us new life. Old, our old lives have passed away and we are made new in Christ. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All of this, His mercy, His grace, this new life is a gift from God. And it is a gift that we are continue, we are called to continue giving to you so that many more will experience this incredible living hope that Jesus has to offer. Now earlier I said that hope has power, and it does. A living hope has the power to change lives. Hope inspires love for one another. Hope inspires love for one another. It pushes aside our natural tendencies of greed and self-centeredness. And how do we love? Well, we go to Scripture. We go to 1 Corinthians 13, the, the love passage, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Hope inspires love for one another. And then hope inspires us to model the life of Jesus. When our focus is on the life of on Jesus' life, we'll naturally imitate his servant attitude. We will know Christ best when we spend time in his word, when we gather together and listen and learn about what he has to say to us through his word. Matthew 20, verse 8 says, Christ came to serve, not to be served. And Paul summed it up beautiful when he said these words to the church in Corinth. He says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So hope inspires us to model the life of Jesus. And hope inspires confidence. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 8 says, or 58 says, 
Be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. The confidence we have in knowing that in all things, past and present and future, God is in control. And when God is in, God, God is in control, it should give us the confidence to carry on His mission. Well, now it's time to talk about this box. Some of you might be wondering about this box. It's been sitting here for a couple of weeks. So I asked Darren a couple of weeks ago if I could bring this box here, and I wanted to kind of try and bring up some sort of level of anticipation for today, right? Build some, kind of get, what does that feel like? What is this expectation of what's in this box? And today, Advent is about hope and anticipation. So I thought, what better way to try and build that feeling this morning? So I'm going to open this up and I'm going to ask you some questions. And, you know, do you have any thoughts about what's in this box? Very good. (laughs) Yeah. What were you hoping for? What are you hoping is in this box this morning? Well, I'm not going to tell you what's in the box. You're going to have to come up after the service. I'm going to put this box right down here, and you're going to look in this box, and you're going to see what's inside. But I can tell you this. I'm just going to open this up so I'm ready for you guys. Right? As a disciple of Christ, as a follower of Jesus, when you look in this box, what are you going to see? You will see that this box is filled with an abundance of living hope. That's what you're going to see this morning. So when you look in this box, I want to challenge you to think about this question this morning. What are you going to do with that overflow of confident, living hope that you carry around with you as a follower of Jesus Christ? Remember what I said earlier. A living hope is a hope that has the power to change lives. Hope inspires love for one another. Hope inspires us to model the life of Jesus in our own lives. Hope inspires confidence. You have this living hope in you today as a follower of Christ. Can you guess what's in this box now? Mm. For all of us to be on mission together, it is our hope in Christ that charges us, it fuels us in moving forward with Him and for Him so that others will see that the hope in us They'll see that hope in us and begin to see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Advent starts today. It is a journey that we as a church embark on each year that leads us to Christmas Eve, to Christmas Day as we celebrate the coming of our Lord and Savior. And over the next three Sundays, Advent leads us through themes of love, joy, and peace. 
It is my prayer that as you prepare your hearts and your minds in celebration of our Savior's birth, that you share that with others. In a moment, the worship team is going to come and lead us in a song of response to this message. And as I was listening to it as they were practicing this morning, it may not be one of those songs that just gets us all jazzed up and ready to go, but it's a, it's a little bit more somber. And the team does a wonderful job of kind of building that song up for us this morning. I want you to focus this morning. Maybe you don't know this song. Maybe you do. You can sing along. But I want you to focus on the words because each of those verses that are being sung says, Jesus Christ, my living hope. That's the, this is the, last, that's the last line of each verse. But the verse itself, take some time as you're singing to think about those words. Because that, those words are going to tell you why Jesus is our living hope. And I want that to be your mantra this morning. I want it to be your banner this week. As we all begin this journey through the Advent season. Remember that I said that you're going to hear the words of Romans 15 verse 13 this morning again. I'm going to read those words as a closing prayer this morning for my message. And I'm pretty sure that our, we're going to have our benediction is going to be the same. But that's okay, because these words are beautiful. They're for us. It's a prayer. So I just ask you to bow for just these two minutes, or these couple minutes as I pray these words in closing this morning. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.